0: Welcome to all of you. My name is David Thompson from the Fraser Valley in British Columbia with a message for all those that are hungry and thirsty for reality, for ultimate meaning and destiny. For those that are new, I just want to refer you to my website at ultimatemeaning.com where there is a flip book with very original writing through the gifting of the Spirit of God by me. And a lot of the print there is in red, which are links to YouTube videos that are very profound and amazing that highly confirm the reality of what I am sharing here from many fields of science and archaeology. Today is December the 13th of 2022. And this message is for those that have come to know the ultimate Love, source, the very source of reality, the ultimate perfection of love, the ultimate manifestation of love, the one true eternal God, that have come to know that one true eternal God for whom to know is life eternal. Through Jesus Christ. How I do these messages is... I seek to speak as the oracles of God because the word of God says in 1 Peter 4:11 if any man speak let him speak as the oracles of God That is referring to believers coming together when we come together around Christ we are to seek to allow God to speak through us not our own words but the words that are coming from the spirit of God We should be stirring up those gifts They should always be functioning in every service. There should be total facilitation by the leadership that each member of the body expresses their gifts, whether it comes out in a song, a prophetic song, a word, a word of exhortation, a testimony, whatever way it is manifested. It can come and it can be the Spirit of God coming forth out of us beyond ourselves. There's another verse in Revelations 1910 that further amplifies this. It says, worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, which is speaking as the oracles of God. And in other words, when we worship God of a true heart of great reverence and humility and love for God in spirit and in truth, we are filled with his spirit in an overflow beyond ourselves, the results and creative utterances that are coming prophetically so that the words we are speaking are not our words. They are the words that are coming by the spirit of God through us. Christ himself said that the words that I speak are spirit and life. One of the things I do to facilitate Speaking prophetically to the body of Christ as I cast lots to get the possibility of any two chapters from the Bible using two independent random applications. And I do this with great reverence before God. I am not going to go into the details of what I pray over each application but I consecrated and separated afresh each day and by faith apply the blood of Christ to these applications with a click of my mouse. The word of God says the casting of the lot and the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord in Proverbs 16:33, It was extensively used by many of the patriarchs in the Old Testament, Joshua, Moses, Solomon and so on, for many things, including dividing the land and so on and so forth. It was used by the early church to choose the apostle who would take the place of Judas that betrayed the Lord, and probably a lot more then too as well. It was used by powerful movements of a revival like the Moravians. It's very scriptural. If you're walking in a deep love relationship with God in holiness and in purity, God can use it. He may lead you to use it. He may not. He's led me to use it to get the possibility of any two chapters from the Word of God. And then what I do is I simply meditate on those chapters for no more than a half an hour, not knowing what I'm going to speak. I then speak, and that is the case today. And so I want to share with you the two chapters I received and to speak out of a heart-set and mindset of worship. It says in Matthew 25, Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Doing what? ministering the meat to the sheep in due season. In other words, we are to speak what God is saying at a particular time by his Spirit to the body of Christ. We don't speak the word of God lightly. We don't approach these things lightly. We speak out of great sobriety as the word of God exhorts us to be sober, to put on the whole armor of God we may be able to stand against the attacks of Satan. And so I want to share with you those two chapters. But first of all, I also seek for an appropriate worship song. And they have to be ones that have the print in them that you can have and watch on your YouTube video. And so they're all on my um, website at loverealized.com. There's a worship playlist there. They're all songs you can use in an overhead projector if you can use YouTube and have that go through your system onto the projector. And they're all very high quality songs. I don't, I'm very particular about worship. Nowadays, so many churches, they have such shallow meaning in the words and they sing the same songs over and over and a some of them think they're in revival and they're boring and they think they're having revival or they're close to revival they're not close to it there's not even creativity in their songs let alone that the members of the body have been stirred up each one to share spontaneously without having to ask permission to use the mic spontaneously by the spirit of god to move in the gifts of the Spirit, so lacking. But God is restoring his church to its fullness, and that will be part of what happens. I want to share with you now the song, and we're going to worship with this song, first of all, before I get into the Word of God and what he is saying by his Spirit to the churches at this particular time. And so this song here is a victorious song that we will begin. Bye. This is the message that God is saying to the churches today, that there is about to be breakthrough and victory in those that are seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. The remnant of God's people in the United States in this time is going to begin to see a powerful breakthrough, spiritually and also in their nation, with the overthrow of terrible evil and corruption. And I've marked the date today that I'm speaking this message, so you know the timing is December the 13th of 2022 on Tuesday. And I want to now turn to those two passages that I received by the casting of Lot before God. And I'm not going to be just sharing the passages that I received today but also yesterday on December the 12th when I did not have the opportunity to preach on those two chapters because they're both the same theme by the casting of Lot before God. And so yesterday on Monday, December the 12th, I received Exodus 12 and Esther 8. Now Exodus 12 is about the nation of Israel having to do the Passover lamb and the firstborn of Pharaoh's children, all being smitten dead and all the firstborn and Israel leaving with great victory and spoiling the Egyptians. That is what Exodus 12 is on. And Esther's eight is about Esther and the victory against evil Haman that was about to slaughter the Jews and do a mass genocide. And in that chapter of Esther chapter 8, Mordecai, the one that refused to bow before Haman and that Haman had set the gallows to hang him on, is crowned with a golden crown and given authority by King Ahasuerus to reign and to all also take vengeance upon those that were planning the mass slaughter and extermination of the Jewish people. And so often it is that the enemy that strategizes against the righteous and seeks to bring them to utter annihilation and destruction by digging a pit for them ends up falling into their own pit with their total destruction. <clears throat> I want to start to begin to read, and I don't have any scriptures really open right now, but I want to begin to read the little bit that I pasted here from yesterday, which was not a lot, but it's a little bit of what is in Exodus chapter 12, starting at verse 47 to 51, in which we read, and all the congregation of Israel shall keep it. That's the Passover. And when a stranger shall sojourn with thee, and will keep the Passover to the Lord, Let all his males be circumcised, and let him come near and keep it. And he shall be as one that is born in the land, for no uncircumcised person shall eat thereof. One law shall be to him that is homeborn, and unto the stranger that sojourneth among you. Thus did all the children of Israel, As the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, so did they. And it came to pass the self same day that the Lord did bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their armies. Need a little bit of drink of water here for a moment before I continue this message here. And so... The other chapter is Esther chapter 8, which I briefly described to you. These are obviously two chapters of great deliverance and of great victory over the enemy. And I do believe God was giving me these two chapters by the casting of lot before God because he is about to bring great deliverance and victory to his people that have been enduring a time... Many of them of great barrenness. Many of them for almost all their lives. Maybe you could consider Moses, who spent 40 years being raised up by the Egyptians, 40 years thinking he was going to be used and finding himself being put through a process where it looked hopeless and he felt completely barren. And then suddenly God appears on the scene after he's 80 years old and sends him to Pharaoh and there's this great deliverance out of the land of Egypt. Many of us have been through the wilderness like Moses has been through the wilderness and we've experienced barrenness for years. It is a common process that we see in God's work of unraveling us from our own ways into the ways of his holy, pure, agape love, the ways of life that are abundant. We see this in the lives of Abraham, who went through so much of a time of barrenness when he couldn't understand why God wasn't giving him children, etc., etc., We see it in the life of Isaac and Rebekah and what they went through and Jacob and what he went through, all of them going through time. And the word Jacob, of course, means he will take by the heel, the deceptive one. But Jacob was broken and given a new name after he was broken from his own ways. And he was called Israel, which means he shall be a prince of God. And we are at a time of crisis in the world right now and many of us in our own lives are facing a time of serious crisis. And we wonder how God's going to bring deliverance into our lives. It looks hopeless. It looked hopeless for Esther and for Mordecai and the people of Israel. They were facing a mass genocide. It looked hopeless for the children of Israel and slavery to the Egyptians, as to how Pharaoh would ever come to the place where he would let them go. But God had a purpose, and he foreknew that Pharaoh's heart would be hard, and he's foreknowing our own steps far beyond what we can imagine. But sometimes what happens in our lives is that we fall short in our faith to persevere. I had the experience recently of falling short and I live a pretty consistent life of persevering with victory. But in my own life, I was at Costco's and I helped this lady that's poor and can't get around and and is crippled and I take her to Costco's and help her to shop. She's a friend of mine and uh, lives nearby but this was a day when a lot of people go there and so i couldn't get parking and i'm going around and around this enormous parking lot and every car in front of me is getting the spot just before me and i'm saying god you're worse that If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. So why is all of this happening to me? And I'm beginning to get upset and fall into unbelief. And and actually I hadn't for a long time ever had this kind of thing happen. I got rebellious and thankful like the children of Israel in the wilderness. And I say, I'm your child. You should be answering my prayer. I abide in you and your words abide in me. And you don't even answer my prayers. And I'm throwing a temper tantrum. And I felt terribly condemned after that. I fell so short. I felt very humiliated before God. And I was very repentant. And I cried with a deep cry in my heart for God to forgive me that I would have such an attitude. You know what the secret is to that verse? If your words abide in me and my word abides in you, Ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done. you. you know what the secret is to that verse? It is that we are at a place in our walk with God where it is unconditional in our relationship with him. In other words, when I was going around Costco's there, I should have been thanking God and praising God unconditionally of the circumstances. That's what allows his word to fully abide in me and me to fully abide in him, is that regardless of the circumstances in front of me that may be so contrary, I am still not moved by that to lean onto my own understanding as I did there, but to in all my ways acknowledge him and to trust him. And of course, when that happens, that is when truly his words are abiding in us and we are abiding in him. Then when we ask, according to his will, because we seek to pray in the spirit, what he desires, not what we desire, then when we ask, he will answer and it will be a reality, that verse. So when we see things in our lives and they look barren, God is calling us to stand still And wait for his deliverance. Not to panic and begin to throw a tantrum on one hand. Or on the other hand, try in our own devious ways to work it out. The question is, what is God asking us? It says in the word of God, your strength is to be still. It is to be still before God. What happened with Joshua when he was about to conquer Jericho, he's in prayer before God. He's desperate. And the angel of the Lord appears before him and says, stand upon your feet. It's not time to pray now, Joshua. It's time to stand before me. You're on holy ground. And indeed he was. And the Lord gave him instructions to march around Jericho as you know, and God will give us instructions as we learn to wait on him. We see in these two chapters from yesterday that there was great victory. Israel came with great victory out of Egypt. Esther had great victory. Why? Because she was willing to pay the price of possibly being slain by the king because they're not allowed to just go in before the king. And if he doesn't hold out his scepter, then they kill the person. In this case, Esther goes before the king and he holds out the scepter. But she had to come to the place of totally laying down her life. And she also fasted and prayed for three days without liquid and without food. She was desperate and the people of God were desperate. And when we see the time we're in, we should be likewise, desperate enough to seek God and to turn to him with all our heart. For as such, he is seeking and his whole purpose is and desire is that we would come to that place because he wants to bless us. He wants to love us. He wants us to come out of our own ways into the ways of triumph and victory that we would sing with the song that was sung today, the victory that we can have. And today, of course, I didn't give you the two chapters I received today. I received Joshua chapter 10 today. In Acts chapter 4. What is Joshua chapter 10 about? It's about Joshua conquering King Adon Isaac. of Jerusalem and all the kings that gathered with him when they found out he was going to come against Jerusalem. I suppose I could find it in my scripture here, maybe still somewhere. There's Esther 8. I I guess I would have to go there to Joshua 10 to get it. I I don't need to read very much from it, but I probably would find it good to go there to Joshua chapter 10. So we will turn there to Joshua 10 and just read a few little bits of Joshua 10 there. And so it says in verse 1, And now it came to pass when an Isaac, king of Jerusalem, had heard how Joshua had taken Ai and utterly destroyed it and he had done to Jericho and her king. And so he had done to Ai and her king and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them that they feared greatly because Gibeon was a great city as one of the royal cities and because it was greater than Ai and all the men thereof were mighty. They are mighty warriors, and so, wherefore, Adonijah, king of Jerusalem, sent unto all the kings, and he goes and lists all of these different kings that come against, that then come against Joshua. With, of course, I don't have time to read it, but this is a very significant chapter because of what God does, because when all of these people come against him, the Lord emphasizes that he doesn't have to fear them because. It says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear them not, for I have delivered them into thine hand. There shall not a man of them stand before thee. Joshua therefore came up, came unto them suddenly, and went up from Gilgal all night. So he, he had his army march all night to suddenly surprise them. And they attacked this enormous multitude of kings with their armies. And Israel slew them with a great slaughter. And and it describes how they're chasing them. And then it says this in verse 11, And it came to pass, as they fled from before Israel, and were in the going down to Beth Horon, that the Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them, unto Azekah, and they died. And there were more which died with hailstones than they whom the children of Israel slew with the sword. And then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of agile He needed daylight to continue to pursue them. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. <coughs> Pardon I still got a little bit of a cough left. Is not this written in the book of Jaser? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven, and hasted not to go down about a whole day. And there was no day like that, before it or after it, that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel." And of course, they did not spare them. There was total um, destruction of these people. And why was God's wrath so upon these peoples that he allowed their total destruction through the nation of Israel? It was because they had rebelled against God and fallen into idolatrous worship of Satan and of demons and of offering their children as sacrifices in the fire. Today, we see an attack upon children by a belief system that is a hell-contagious, demonic, self-destructive belief system to destroy the family throughout the world by a communist ideology that is demonic and destructive, not only to the people they are seeking to destroy, but unknowingly to themselves because they are so demonized and filled with this deception and lie and so they teach and are teaching in the schools a teaching that is immoral that is destructive to the children's of hell saying that they can change their identity when it now of course there's all kinds of repercussions happening because they're finding out when they try to change their identity with hormones and other things and mutilating their body that it doesn't really work and it's not effective and it's causing tremendous damage but such is the demonized mindset of those that do not know God. They are totally a cancer that is destructive not only to all those around them, but to themselves. They have a hell-contagious, anti-life state of being, and they need to know the good news of the gospel to be saved. And so in Joshua 10, there's this great victory, and the other chapter I received today is Acts chapter 4. And Acts chapter 4 is about great victory in the proclamation of the gospel. And the very city that was conquered here in Joshua 10 becomes the very place where God pours out his spirit and there's the day of Pentecost. And then the church begins to rapidly spread. So I want to turn briefly to Acts chapter 4 and read what it says there a bit in Acts chapter 4. And as they spake unto the people, the priests, and the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people, and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead, and they laid hands on them, and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about five thousand. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and the elders and scribes, and Ananias the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power and by what name have ye done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which is set it not of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. The time came when Under great persecution, God, by His Spirit, raised up a standard against the floods of wickedness that were coming against the body of Christ. Right now, there is a flood of wickedness coming with a communist agenda in the United States. It stole the election again in 2022. Right now, today, there will be great prevailing with Kerry Lake in Arizona to expose this theft of the election there which is this spearhead of what is going to begin against the enemy and prevail. What is happening is the pressure of all of this wickedness that is in the land that is coming in a torrent of terrible teachings, critical race theory, which teaches to hate one another and divide against one another. This crazy teaching and perverse sexual perversion that is being promoted, which is so destructive to little children, and all the other things the COVID agenda, forcing children to have vaccines that are now the top statisticians and some of the top statisticians have taken the statistics. From throughout the world, and know that there's 20 million people that have died that have had more than one vaccine from the vaccines. I myself know my a close friends of mine just recently, and from the interior, phoned me and told me that their dear daughter just suddenly dropped dead because she was taking all these vaccines. There are many that are dying of cardio cardio myocarditis and also blood clots. From these terrible vaccines and the statistics are indisputable you have desantis of florida and is it a surgeon general or not, not, yeah surgeon the surgeon general of florida i believe that's what they title them exposing the fact that those between age 18 and 50 death rates increased by somewhere like 80 percent there and so <coughs> all of this corruption is being exposed at this time and there's this terrible flood of wickedness and God is calling his people in this hour to be desperate like Esther, to be willing to fast and pray three days without liquid or food and to turn with all your heart to God and cry out to him. Churches who'd be coming together in their communities and beginning to seek him in prayer. If it's too hard for you in physical and to do that, then you don't have to go like Esther, if you're older and you don't have the physical health for that. But when I did that for the first time, I can tell you, I thought I was gonna really suffer a lot. And I actually felt really high the whole time. I was a bit thirsty, that's all I noticed. And it was nothing. And I was really high on the God the whole time. No liquid, no food for three days. So don't think it's that hard like the enemy might want you to think. But we need to get our hearts set on one thing. (coughs) Loving God with all our heart. Being willing to seek him with all our heart. Being willing to turn to him with all our heart. (coughs) In this hour, so that God would raise up a powerful standard against the floods of unrighteousness. Even if you don't find that churches are willing to come together and do that, in your local assembly, you can begin to change the way your church operates so that you do not limit the fullness of the headship of Christ from inhabiting your local assembly. I've written a book called God Headship and Body Invasion, which you can get on the internet in both uh, Kindle and print. And I have my new book that's just come out, Afterlife, Incredible, Irrefutable. And that's 357 pages, 367 pages in print form. But this book, Godheadship and Body Invasion, you need to facilitate and do everything in these last days to not limit the glory of God from fully inhabiting your assembly. Do not limit the assembly from moving in the gifts of the Spirit, from moving fully in expression of love to God and towards each other. And so this book gives you many good suggestions so that that happens. We cannot go back to being the church the way we were in this hour of crisis. It is time for the Spirit of God to come in our midst and Him to raise up a mighty standard against this flood of wickedness in the land and to conquer it. And it will be conquered. When his people turn to God and repent, he will heal their land, as it says in 2 Corinthians seven fourteen. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I heal their land. Thank you for listening to this message. God bless you all.